powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, everybody, I wish I would norm. I wish I could say Happy Saturday. Normally, I would say Happy Saturday, and it was a Happy Saturday until about ten minutes ago when the Leafs fell in Boston to the Boston Bruins. four to three. Matt Grizzlick getting the the dagger with with forty seven seconds to go. I really that thought team. we were going to make it to overtime. Like that team, that Boston Bruins team. I say it every stream. There is some. They have made some deal with the devil. They are so good. They they have so just good done this something. Year. They're so hot right now. Like I can't even hate the team anymore. Like I'm just like I just it. I just respect you. It's like Anchorman when he. When he, he just he, Vince Vaughn goes to Will Ferrell, like I hate you, but damn it, I respect you. And yeah. It's just like they're just so good. They're man. so they good. Just, they played just so line well tonight. after line, yeah. all four lines. They were buzzing. I mean, the Leafs. They showed us why they're first in the league, right? They got the number one PK, number three power play. First in the you know? league, they're they're first in the like they're in another league. They are they are the they're in, they're in their own version of the NHL at this point. There's a reason why they're number one in the division. There's a number one why they're number one in the conference and the league. And we're gonna talk about it tonight. We're gonna talk about it. And not only we're gonna talk about that, we have a very special guest for you guys tonight. In yes, the we do. We have got what? Well, sorry, <laughs> I have too many notes. We have national best-selling author Wab Gijag Rice. Waiting to come on to talk about the game, to talk about Indigenous sport and hockey and Indigenous people in hockey. And we are happy to have him. We are happy to have you, Leaf fans. And before we get going on that, we're going to say thank you to our sponsor. Thank you, Noah. It's going to go make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Our friends in the chat, please put your your cyber hands together for our very special guest. Wabijeg Rice, welcome, 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 my friend. Well, come on. We're sorry we brought you on for a heart-crushing loss. <laughs> That's the breaks, right? Perfect timing. You know, I, I am happy to be here regardless. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, it, you know, I thought, though, it's it's one of those games where, you know, obviously as Leafs fans, Leafs homers, that we're, we're going to feel – the pain of that that loss, but man, was that a good hockey game? That was just that was just a great game between two amazingly good teams. Let's be honest; the Leafs are a very good team, despite yeah. what the haters may say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just uh, so fun to watch it go back and forth, and I took a little comfort in knowing that it's just like halfway through the season and not actually the playoffs yet, because <laughs> cardiovascularly, I don't think I could handle that quite yet. I'm going <laughs> to mentally prepare myself for that too, you know, but uh, yeah, good game nonetheless, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun in the end. Absolutely, yeah. and and it again, it it is too bad that we the the curse of having a guest continues. Where statistically speaking, when we have a, an an exciting guest on, the Leafs end up losing. It gives us lots to talk about, though, right? Because everybody knows that Leaf fans we we somehow love pain. So yeah. we're glad to have you on tonight. Again, we're sorry for that we couldn't uh, bring you a Leafs win. Normally, we have a little bit more energy tonight, but let's talk about the game. Who do you think was yeah. the, who do you think was the best player tonight? What do you, who do you think was the best player tonight, Wob? Oh, geez, you know, um, 
always like Marner. Uh, you know, he he was shaky here and there on some of those entries, but he's a guy who's always all over the ice. That that actually the second least goal by Engvall was pretty sweet. That wrister from from a little ways out, right? It and he he put on some pressure later on too, and he was going for for some more of those more aggressive, I think, uh, entries too. So yeah, Engvall was pretty great tonight too. Yeah, Engvall uh, uh, like apparently just channeled the spirit, the soul of Austin Matthews with the, the, <laughs> the he wheeled back and sniped. It. I I looked for a second. I I had to like go like that. Wait a second, was that Pierre Engvall who just did this stretchy stick and just wailed it on the net? That, that was that was a great one. He's had a couple goals. This season, where I've gone like, Engvall, where'd that come from? Like sometimes he, he's one of those players that like, can be invisible for like ten games, but will all of a sudden score an absolute beauty. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. a one of those I'll do it fine, I'll do it myself moments, right? Like <laughs> he brings it, he gets control of it in his own zone, brings it up through the middle, and then what, fifteen feet into the zone is just like I'm just gonna bomb it and see what happens, and and lucky enough to get a goal. That was that was you know. It put them up 2-1, right? Beginning of the second, gets them all full yeah. of juice. And uh, unfortunately, they couldn't capitalize on that because right after that, Pasternak comes in to even it. Oh, my gosh. The perfection line. They call them the perfection line for a reason. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you saw the first goal by the Bruins where the um, where it was um, Bergeron to Marchand. Yes. And I'm like... And I looked at it, I'm like, yep. these guys know each other more than their families know them. <laughs> <laughs> They share a brain at this point. Like yeah, I was yeah. just like, wow. Like yeah, this... that, that, that giveaway by Timmons on that goal too was was rough. But I mean, you got to be a young guy and make those mistakes once in a while, right? It was his worst game, I think, so far. Right? Like he came in after having the last couple games off. Everybody was crying for him to be put up with Morgan Riley, and you know, at the end of the second, Morgan Riley was a minus three, and they ended up splitting that defensive pairing up because it didn't end up going as well as we had. All hoped yeah, it that it minus would. Three. All hoped it would. Um, and and it was again, like you said, it was hard to see. And when you are a young defenseman, you are going to make mistakes like that, right? It's just an inevitable thing. But boy, don't I wish it was against someone other than Boston. They you know, <laughs> they get two more points away away from us, and the reality that is sort of looming over, I think, the rest of the season is the inevitability of Tampa Bay Lightning in the first yeah. round again. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not going to be an easy path here, guys. Like I, no matter what happens, it doesn't matter. Like the Leafs are not going to have an easy road to win the cup if they want to win the cup. Like you're a novelist, so like if you were writing this novel, you would write it to have the strongest possible foes yeah. for this hero of the Leafs team to go through the the strongest possible opponents, but. That's what it's gonna have to be. It's yeah. gonna have to be a story book win. If yeah, they do exactly. It, so. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be more dramatic uh, than anything else. But like in in this case with the Leafs, you know, having to face Boston at some point, but also inevitably Tampa Bay. It's like Lord of the Rings, but you know, battling Sauron first, like getting to the Eye yeah. of Sauron before everything else, you know, and then hopefully it'll be easier after that. But uh, yeah, it's just like the drama is like embedded into you know the Leafs themselves. It's just part of their history and their identity, and we as fans got to suffer who have no control whatsoever, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as much as yelling at the TV, I think it's going to make the players shoot the puck more accurately <laughs> sometimes i have to realize probably not but yeah. uh 
<laughs> but uh, you know, we have some. Uh, we do have some Boston. We have a Boston fan in the chat, like being very gracious. Thank you, Brian Robinson. Wow, what a great game! Would love to see the playoff series with these these two teams again. Of course, you would like to see that series, Brian. <laughs> I mean, it is poetic, right, Bob? Like, is there a better rede- redemption arc than to face Boston after all this time? I think it has to happen. You know, it's it like, you know, slaying the dragon finally uh, in order to get over that hump. Um, who knows who would come after that? But, yeah, it has to be Boston poetically, as you said, Lauren, for sure. Well, and, and you know, like you said, Lord of the Rings starting from – if you start from the turn of the king and just work backwards – <laughs> yeah. It it would it would be quite something to watch. Although it both ends up in Hobbiton, so it's all fine. But there you go. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think that the redemption story has to go through Boston. I think if they if the Leafs won the cup without facing Boston, it would almost it would almost be like that would be the next thing that every other non-Leafs fan would hang to. Oh, well, you still have to beat Boston in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I think that if you t- face like Tampa and you get to the second round and then you face Boston, I mean that's not fair, but as we've all come to experience, yeah. Leafs playoff hockey is never fair. None of the and we've seen. Games. You know what we've we we've seen teams slay their ultimate dragon before. Remember the Washington Capitals? They could never beat, beat the Pens. The, the Pens were their bully for the longest time, and then yep. in 2018, they scored in overtime. They won. So it's it gives hope to the underdog, the underdog Leafs to you know hopefully follow their footsteps. Yeah, now yeah. I. I like to do something on every loss. I like to kind of try to find the find the positives. So that, that's what we're going to do. So one positive. Now he did have a tough. He did, did allow a tough goal, but Matt Murray made a couple of absolute ten bell saves, including the first save where he just absolutely robbed Brad Marchand. Yeah. Sweeter that way. <laughs> yeah, of course, right? Absolutely. <laughs> And he and was the rat it, that didn't score tonight, right? Our rat did. <laughs> but Dick scored. And Marshan didn't. Especially with the empty netter when Marshan actually bought into the zone and was trying to pass to Bergeron. If Marshan scored, every single one on the perfection line would have scored. And it would have been the, of course they did, right? You get yeah. the empty netter because that's poetic. And, you know, as a writer, I, like, I'm sure that there's a part of you that appreciates that, but it must hurt so much more from a writer's perspective as well. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you, you appreciate the bad guys too, right? When when you're crafting a story, you put a lot of, of energy into, you know, the antagonist and who you loathe. And at some point you come to weirdly respect them. And like, especially someone like Marchand, you know, at this point, yeah. he's just been such a consistent pesky presence that it's like all right you know i i, I kind of respect you dude <laughs> Despite literally, you know literally giving the devil his due you're like oh, darn it. <laughs> but, i mean he did say before the game marshan did give credit to the leafs he said that you know eventually this team is going to break through they're too talented to break through and i think all of us should kind of agree with that because this is like this the leafs are talented enough to yeah. match up with the Bruins. They have the talent to do that, in my opinion. I, what do you think? Well, like, they're they're the second best team in the league, you know? Uh, here we are talking like they're the underdogs still, but, yeah. like, they, they, they are stacked to the gills, you know? So it's it's got to happen. And you got to just believe it at this point, you know? Year in and year out, I'm like, oh, you know, keep my expectations low because, you know, they've blown it so many times. But I'm trying to change my tune this year and be like, 
overly confident and optimistic, almost <laughs> probably to an annoying degree to like my friends who are fans of other teams. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they're they're gonna do it. They're gonna break through and probably reach at least the conference finals. You know, so that's but, that's the only way to be at this point because exactly. you know we at Leaf fans we 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 are like myself included. We constantly expect the worst all the time because we're never proven wrong like it's always like you keep like anytime what embarrassing way can we lose what embarrassing (laughs) way and then the reason it's not like we're making this up in our head i mean we've seen it for it we've seen it on our tvs we like it's embedded in our memories (laughs) so i i think maybe going the other way and saying you know we are going to slay this dragon we're going to go we're going to pass the first round we're going to beat boston that's the way to be, Wob. I I appreciate your <laughs> your optimism. I think Lee fans, we should all be like Wob. <laughs> and uh, another another positive, um, Austin Matthews is uh, still very good at scoring goals. Yeah, who'd have thunk? Huh? <laughs> who'd have thunk? Yeah, a couple games off, you know, apparently sick. And, uh, yeah, they they highlighted it on the broadcast when he did that sort of midair sort of bat out of the defensive zone and then ended up – Home run. <laughs> yeah, then ended up scoring on the other side. So, yeah, you can't – you got to definitely um, just praise him regardless. Like, uh, just so fortunate that we got him on our team for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think especially when we have people like that on our team – especially when we haven't had anybody like that in so long. I think, I think it, I think it opens the door for new Leaf fans to come in. You know, he is a young guy. He is from a different place in the States, right? And somewhere that not a lot of players have been from, which is, you know, the Southwest. I mean, I know he was born in California, but, you know, he grew up, you know, his mom is from Mexico and he was, he was raised partly in the Mexican culture. And I think that it's good that it's not just another like Ontario dude. That's, that's like doing this, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dave, um, Connor McDavid is from like Thornhill, Ontario, right? From from Richmond Hill and Newmarket area. Newmarket. Newmarket right, yeah. Newmarket. And and he's captain of the Edmonton Oilers and he's doing great. And it's it's nice to see some other people, you know, the game slowly opening up in mm-hmm. in, in very, 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 very small ways. Um mm-hmm. and and you know, hopefully hopefully that can continue. I mean, the last time the Leafs won the cup, George Armstrong was the was the captain of the team and he was yeah you know of a Ojibwe descent right so maybe that's what we need to get to get us back over yeah. the hump. maybe that's what it takes and that's what everyone keeps saying like all, all the older guys like my dad and, and uncles and all them they're like oh yeah I just need a Anishinaabe you know captain again or, or a coach or something like that right absolutely so th- th- those are fewer and farther between these days but uh you know we'll see <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, so another thing that another fun little wrinkle with this game was, uh, having Wayne Simmons in the lineup. And, uh, I, I kind of forgot that Nick Foligno played for the Boston Bruins and him and Nick Foligno had an actually amazing fight. Like none of them, it it was a draw. And then I love at the end how he just pats him on the head. head. He's like, it was just, it it almost felt like a staged fight in a sense. Like I've never seen two guys punch each other and then be like, ah, so delicately. I love you, bud. I love you, man. But uh, and then they they cut to Wayne Simmons. Uh, Wayne Simmons is dead, Mr. Simmons. Wayne Simmons' father looking quite dapper with his fedora and the, uh, the scarf in the arena. I I quite like the look for sure. Yeah, and he's just kind of like taking it in. He's like, oh yeah, I've seen this before. You know, my son throwing bombs, right? No big deal. Yeah, <laughs> barely cracked a smile, right? Which yeah. he won the fight. Come on. 
<laughs> I always say, like, I remember when uh, the Leafs had a lot of those veterans when they had Joe Thornton and and Spezza and Simmons. They had the old, the grumpy old man line. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that if you could have like put a time machine and brought one of them from their primes to the Leafs, yeah. like as good as Joe Thornton was and as good as Spezza was, man, man prime Simmons on the Leafs would just be yeah. something to behold for Leaf fans. Yeah, I'm glad they still put him in the lineup. Like, obviously, he's not as, you know, uh, up to speed as he was, even, like, compared to last year or the year before. But yeah. I don't know. He, he he brings, like, a certain spirit to the, the squad. And I think he's a fan favorite for sure. And every time he shows up, every time he's in the lineup, uh, we all enjoy it. So hopefully they find a way to keep using him throughout the rest of the season and make some playoff appearances, I hope, anyways. I, I think that would be great. And and you're right. He does bring a different sort of spirit to the Leafs. They showed a statistic, I think, partway through the second. And the Leafs were actually leading the Bruins in hits, which is not something that has ever been expected in Leafs. Yeah, past, weird, eh? Right? Like, <laughs> I, I, thought that, I thought that I was seeing things. But, no, I took a picture of it. And it was – the Leafs had, I think, like 20 hits and the Bruins only had 12 or something. Which there's a lot of people that say if, you, if you're leading hits, then it means you don't have the puck, which – was sort of true in this game, but normally they would be playing without the puck and not be throwing those hits, right? Yeah. So I think that I think that it is essential to have somebody like Wayne on the team. And even though he hasn't scored a goal since April second, <laughs> and Pontus Holmberg wow. scored a week ago, and you know on paper maybe it, it's a better idea to put the the young guy in. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a bad thing to get Wayne in a game like against. Like tonight against a team like Boston, where you know there's going to be lots of physicality. You know, even though Chara is long gone from the from the Golden Spoke B, you know, there's still the ghost of him that remains. And Charlie McAvoy was, you know, his partner for a long time when he was a young guy, and and he sort of continues that legacy on in the Bruins. And it was nice to see the Leafs return that favorite tonight and not just be pushed around like they have earlier in this game. And I think mm. I think in the playoffs you're right, especially if they play against Tampa. It, regardless of who they face, they're going to need somebody like Wayne Simmons, and you. It would be unfair to keep him out for the most for half of the season, only to be like, okay, Wayne, game one of the playoffs. Here you go. You're ready to go crush some bones, right? Like, that's not <laughs> setting anybody up for success. So, mm. do you think they should maybe try and get more of that at the trade deadline? Yeah, you think. You know, who else really is that physical in the lineup though right now? They, they might need somebody else. Uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly who, but uh, that's always been, you know, we've dealt with that as fans, you know, the Leafs being perceived as soft and just not having, you know, that killer instinct or whatever else to, to get beyond the first round. Um, so, you know, I don't think it would hurt, but uh, I don't know. Have you, either of you heard of anybody who may be targeted, you know, for, you know, a bigger body or anything like that? I think I... I... I haven't heard much about, like, the grit being targeted this season. Normally, it's, like, this season's been more about, like, can they get more scoring, which is kind of, like, yeah. odd to think of this team needing more scoring. But I I personally am okay with, this, like, the defense. And I, I think the grit – to me, the grit's got to have to come from the star players. Like, I don't think you yeah. can play a Wayne Simmons 20 minutes a game in the playoffs. He's not that guy anymore. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So, you, you – when you're talking grit, you're not going to go and get like a like a Fraser McLaren or Colton Orr type. I mean, that's a different type of grit, you're not, right? You're going to go get Nick Felino. 
Yeah, yeah. well, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that was a disaster. Oh Lord, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't score tonight. Like I, that was on my that was on my bingo card. Was it? Sure. Did you put, did oh. you put a toonie bet down, Fuad? You should have put. A I didn't toonie not bet put down. a toonie bet down, but <laughs> I should have because that would just be like, wow, you, like you you know this as a fan, and we we have this like the, it's the best '90s sitcom running gag of anything in the league is this team giving up goals to these former players. Yeah. No matter how obscure or how little they played with the team, yeah. it always happens. Like Nick Ritchie, McCann, yeah. yeah. Uh. McCann didn't even play. And he, legend, Jared McCann. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even play for the team. He was on the Leafs. He was on the Leafs, like on paper contract for that long. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. No, but uh, to, to that point, I think if you're gonna go anywhere, the grit's got to come from your star players. Yeah. That's that's the only way. It's not gonna come from low line like guys in the fourth line. So yeah, and you, you're seeing it a bit at this point in the season, like, you know, Nylander, not a huge guy, but he's, he's pushing ahead and he's like winning those puck battles. And yeah, think about that overtime goal against St. Louis, like totally uh, muscling Tarasenko. Right. And then scoring against Bennington. So like, that's the kind of gritty play that I like to see. Uh, and, and yeah, Nylander is really stepping up in that sense. Well, and, you know, Matthews was off the last two games, and I think that it really showed in the way that they played defensively, right? I think that they were used to the way he plays because, especially the last two seasons, he's really upped his defensive game. And I mm -hmm. think that that was really evident in the last couple of games where he wasn't playing. And I think not only did they miss their scoring touch, I think they missed – I think they missed his the defensive side of it too. So I think if you're, I don't know if I have a name like sitting in my brain, but mm. I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna go get somebody, I don't think it would be a bad idea to get somebody that is a left winger that can maybe go into that center slot if it has to go. Because listen, guys, we've seen everybody. We've seen the William Nylander at center show. I don't want to subscribe to that channel. You know. No. Cancel it. First season, the first yeah. season. It's it's a Netflix show. Just cancel it after the first season, like they always do. So cancel it after the pilot. <laughs> after the pilot, yeah. <laughs> same thing, like and the same thing with the Riley Timmons pairing. Yeah, I like both players individually, but the pairing just not uh, good I together. Think we saw the pilot. Let's not pick it up. <laughs> no network deal after that pilot. That's no sure. network deal there. So, but uh, Riley, I feel, and I, I I wanted to kind of get your your thoughts on this. I feel like Riley is kind of falling into the the dreaded space where Leaf fans have for, you know, high-profile defensemen. You, yeah. You've seen this for yeah. many, many years, going back to, you know, obviously Jake Gardner, going back to Brian McCabe, going yeah. back even Larry Murphy, go, like way before, like before my time. So, I, like, what, what do you think of this? Do you think, like, I mean, he is struggling right now, but, like, do you think he can turn it around? I think he can. Like, he's just too talented to not turn it around. He's he's too experienced to sort of just slump away for the rest of the regular season. You know, like, obviously, he missed a whole lot of time. And they found a gear without him, you know. And they managed yeah. to really pick, especially defensively. And that's probably got to be a little bit weird for him, too, coming back into the mix and knowing that they were on such a hot streak. But, uh, yeah, again, he's a veteran. And he's probably just got to get his gas tank back in, in good condition. And then, you know, figure out who his natural – pairing is uh with at this point you know because i heard on the broadcast he's had like six uh different partners since he's come back which is which is just wild and like how can you establish any kind of footing right but like 600 since he's been on the team forever yeah, exactly. like, they could never find the pairing for him right like yeah. going back like since he's been on the team since yeah. like 2012 2013 so 
Um, there was a we, long see, time that Ron Hainsey was his best defensive partner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Times, <laughs> right? No. That was oh, rough. <laughs> then it was, um, then, yeah, then we, but unlike, but we have a pairing, it seems, with Sandy and Lilligren, though. Yeah. I, I kind of like that these two guys have come up together. You know, they're of the same age. They were on the Marlies together, you know, growing as their top pair. And now, like, they look like the Leafs' top, they look like actually the Leafs' top pair this mm-hmm. season, which is kind of crazy and pretty promising for two guys that are in their early 20s. Yeah. Well, especially like Giordano probably won't be back next year. And, uh, you know, uh, Brody, who knows how much longer, like, I don't know how how long his contract is for, but. Oh, he's still yeah. signed, but. Yeah, but we need those those young guys for sure. And uh, yeah, they're a natural pairing, as you said. Yeah. So, Wab, I want to get to know a bit more about uh, yourself and, uh, you know, your your time as a uh, your time as a fan. So what was your kind of first memories watching the Toronto Maple Leafs? <laughs> well, I just want to say to Puad and Lauren, thanks a lot for this opportunity. It's it's super cool to join you guys, and and I really like the uh, the game over franchise that's been created. You know, oh, it's, thank you. It's really fun to see all these uh, shows coming up in each market. Uh, but yeah, my fandom really started um, almost from the beginning. Like my dad was a huge fan uh, growing up on the res. Uh, we're mm. from Wasoxing First Nation, which is near Perry Sound. Uh, and you know, uh, interestingly enough, like when, when I was growing up uh, in the eighties, uh, we didn't have any hydro or running water in our house. Right. So to to watch TV, uh, my dad would hook up a little black and white TV to a car battery. Wow. Tune the, the rabbit ears into CBC. So every Saturday we'd be watching the Leafs on this little black and white TV powered by a car battery. Right. So eventually we got hydro hooked up at our house when I was probably about eight or nine. Uh, And then the Leafs became a, you know, a regular viewing. Um, But this is the late eighties when there wasn't a whole lot to cheer about. Like Wendell (laughs) Clark was probably Wendell Clark for sure was, was the the bright spot, right? Like being a, being a high draft pick and coming in as, as sort of a phenom of sorts. Um, but then there were some dark times towards like 80, 80 to 9, 90. Uh, but then the Gilmore years happened and that really just like solidified me as a fan for life, you know, um, going to, you know, two conference finals, two years in a row. Um, you know, obviously the, the high stick from Gretzky and the non-call like was, I was, I wasn't even born. I wasn't, I was not even born. <laughs> and I, I, and was, I felt that. That's my earliest least memory. <laughs> Yeah, felt I, it in I, my soul. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I was thirteen, I think thirteen or yeah. fourteen, and yeah, it was traumatic. But then I moved <laughs> to um, I moved to Toronto in '98 to go to university, and '98 was a, another resurgent year. Like they started yeah. here totally hot, and that was their like they became perennial playoff a perennial playoff team after that. So living in Toronto, going through that then was just like you know this is this is my team for life. And yeah, you stick with them after that, right? Um, yeah, I moved away from Toronto after that, obviously, and you know, maintained my fandom regardless. And uh, being here in Sudbury now, which is like the home of George Armstrong and Eddie Shack, mm-hmm. and you know, some other legendary connections, you know, like uh, Mike Felino and so on. There's a really strong like Leafs Nation chapter here in Sudbury too, so it feels like being at home for sure. Well, and you actually wrote an essay a couple of years ago called The Paradox of Being a Leafs Fan. Yeah. And I actually read it this evening. And yeah. you, you you talk about all of those things. You bring up the memory of, like, your dad with the rabbit ears and the car battery. And, you know, it's – as a Leafs fan, for me, that obviously – that grew up in a different situation than you did. Um, you know, that it's 
it rightfully is is hard to read that that was something that you had to go through and and that that the indigenous community while reparations are slowly uh, attempting to be made by by a lot of the things there's still so far to go and and you know i i you say thank you for coming on or for us inviting you but i think we i want to fuad and i both want to thank you for coming on oh and, absolutely and uh and talking about things that aren't necessarily always fun to talk about right like we've had a couple of people on that have broached a couple of different difficult subjects that aren't necessarily hockey but we're all hockey fans and yeah, i think yeah. i think it's important that we that we try and narrow some of these gaps of understanding where you know a few years ago this wasn't something that was being really talked about and there wasn't a lot of reparations that had been made and there's still lots to still far to go but you know even even a couple of weeks ago at the uh at the indigenous uh, reconciliation game, you know somebody that came, I think, from the same from the same background as you. Is that correct? Tyler is from the same tribe as you, I believe. Yeah, right? he's, he's actually my, he's my cousin. Actually. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that makes sense. That. Go figure. Um, so there you go. You know, it runs in the family. The fandom runs yeah. in the family. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. But you know, things like that. It it I'm I, it makes me very happy to see that that other communities are getting the the spotlight rightfully now and hopefully that can continue and and grow and be stronger and be more of an everyday thing and not just you know a once a year game oh yeah i totally agree with you you know um like it's something i grew up loving the game of hockey uh but also like when i was a kid like i i recognized my my distance from it at the same time you know being an outsider you know uh hearing racial slurs for for the first time on the ice and i think you know, when you consider the three of us, you know, we could be considered three people from so-called marginalized communities, right? But yeah. we share this uh, same compassion for this game. Um, and, and in some ways, like, we we overcome a lot of those difficulties to create community and to celebrate each other and, you know, find this bond over this uh, this game and this team that, you know, has let us down many times, <laughs> but uh, we find camaraderie amongst ourselves regardless, right? So, like there's a beauty in that despite some of those difficulties and that you know needs to be celebrated for sure yeah no, i just wanted to get your thoughts too they uh like how did you like what was your kind of reaction when they had the kind of like an indigenous celebration night the Toronto for the toronto maple leafs like how did you and what did you think of the jersey <laughs> obviously yeah. you have bias because your cousin designed it but... <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that, that yeah. Is just Oh, I thought it was awesome. You know, that's something I could have never imagined happening when I was like a little kid, just, you know, becoming a Leafs fan. And really, that's something that's only happened within the last, you know, three, four, five years in yeah. other Canadian markets, too. Right. Like in this era, that's come to be known as reconciliation. Uh, so it's really great. I think that, you know, the the league and especially the Canadian franchises are, are recognizing the indigenous communities in their cities and the contributions those communities make and so on. And, you know, really showcase the beauty of the art and the creativity. And I think just the vibrancy of different indigenous cultures, especially in a city like Toronto, it's really cool to see right uh so yeah the jersey was awesome i wanted to like get at least one of those t-shirts but like i clicked on the shop site gone gone right <laughs> they away, had right? to actually pull the advertisement down because they sold out so quickly which no kidding, i sure. can't believe that they didn't have the foresight to i don't know make more yeah exactly. yeah so yeah i, I haven't uh, dm'd my cousin yet to see if he <laughs> hooked me up but uh you got, you got to <laughs> let me know if you have any backdoor links to that because yeah, i would sure. love one of those too <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. So, and uh, you know, but you know, before we get off, I, I, I kind of want to talk about some of your projects that you're working on. So, I know that you were a, uh, you know, a CBC reporter or working for the CBC as a journalist, um, hosting Up North, is it, I believe it's called. And uh, you know, you you kind of stepped away from that to uh, work on your career as a novelist. Mm. Uh, you you released your book uh, Under the Crusted uh, Moon. Moon of the Crescent Snow. Yeah. Moon of the Crescent, I'm so sorry. I, I okay. completely. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But um, national bestseller. National the, bestseller. So, uh, uh, what what inspired you to uh, become a novelist? Uh, I think it it was really um, the storytelling culture that I grew up in. You know, as I mm. mentioned, I grew up with like without TV uh, and yeah. you know without the internet, obviously. So, you know, in our community, there was a lot of time we spent together um, learning about culture and learning about stories. And back in the '80s, that was kind of uh, kind of rare because. You know, it was it was a renaissance of sorts for us. It was a way for us to get back in touch with our culture after, obviously, residential schools and the Indian Act and so on, right? Yeah. So, um, so I grew up in a time when our community was really working hard to uh, reconnect with the uh, storytelling, especially. So I had that uh, shown to me as, you know, a viable expression, you know, a creative outlet and so on. And I sort of carried that through the rest of my life. And I, I ended up going to university for journalism because I didn't know how to, you know, be a creative writer. Right. Like I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure how to become a novelist, even though that was my dream. Um, so I ended up working for CBC mostly. Uh, but all the while I was doing this creative writing on the side, like as a hobby. And I was fortunate to be able to get a book published, uh, my first one published about 12 years ago. You've and, written three, and I think, like, right? Three, three books? Yeah, three, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, it wasn't uh, the, those first couple books weren't bestsellers at all, but, you know, the response was pretty good and people were really encouraging for me to, to keep it going. And uh, my last book, Moon of the Crested Snow, it, it ended up, you know, becoming a bestseller. And I sort of had to make the decision to step away from CBC in order to keep to keep writing. Right. So it was a tough decision at first, but it. it it worked out really well for me, fortunately. And uh, I'm working on the sequel to Moon of the Crested Snow right now. Uh, it's called yeah. Moon of the Spreading Leaves, and it's going to be out in the fall through Penguin Random House. So, uh, yeah, so that's big, exciting development I got coming up later in the year. There you go. Well, make sure everybody pre-orders that book wherever <laughs> you can get it. And uh, we're looking forward to it. And we, we want to thank you again for coming on, Bob. Honestly, we, we wish it was a Leafs win, but um, we're glad it was <laughs> – an exciting game with a lot of uh, different uh, storylines to talk about. So, uh, again, so happy to have you. And, um, yeah, we're good luck on your project. And uh, we, uh, we hope to hear from you very soon. Thanks, all for having me on. You know, this is super fun. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, so, for myself, my name is Fuad Suleiman. You can find me on Twitter at Fuad underscore sports. Uh, my name is Lauren. You can call. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren in the Six. Wob, go ahead. Pump your new book. Pump your pump your Twitter handle. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find sure. you. You have the you floor. Can find me on Twitter at Wob. That's at W A U B. You can find me on Instagram at the same handle as well at W A U B. Uh, on Facebook, Wob Gijek Rice. And again, the new book is called Moon of the Turning Leaves. It'll be out in the fall. And Moon of the Crescent Snow is actually on the long list for CBC's Canada Reads this year. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens there. Well, there you go. Congratulations again, and best of luck with the new book. And hopefully, maybe if we have some playoff success, maybe we can have you on again later this oh, season. Oh, I'd love 
love it. I love it. Well, thank yeah, you again definitely. for coming on tonight. Thank you, everybody, for watching Game Over Toronto. I am Lauren once again, Fuad, my co-host, and Wob for coming on tonight. Everybody have a great night. Stay warm. Take care, Leaf fans. We'll see you soon. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.